It's a good thing you know a couple names out of that scripture reading. Um, what's your name, birthday boy? Well, that's what, oh, okay. That, I, I'm hearing that and I'm thinking, man, this is even worse. I mean, it's not just Cephas and Peter and, and uh, Andrew and Jesus and John and I didn't know them and, you know, all these names in rapid succession. But I really am going to talk to you in terms of the epistle lesson today. When I looked at all the lessons, uh, you know, that's even confusing too because that's from 1 Corinthians, right? And I did sit in on your adult Bible class and they were talking about Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant, all of those kind of things. And I sat there quietly because I knew I was going to talk about 1 Corinthians today to you. You know, there are scholars who say that there are actually three Corinthian letters. We only have two. Do you know that? There are references to three times Paul writes them, but we only have first and if you have first, what do you have? I told some people, I tend to ask questions because I find out that you stay awake better. And you're afraid I might call on you and point the finger and you have to come up with an answer. Um, that's because I've helped out in churches in my retirement. And uh, I, I found an awful lot of people think they're in the choir. <laughs> way in back of church. And after a few Sundays like that up in Manaway, I decided I'm not playing this game. So I moved to the back of church and preached back there and called on people back there. They'd sing on cue, but not much else. Uh, so you're awake now, right? This is 1 Corinthians. Uh, Corinth is an interesting town. Ancient Corinth, that is. I, I was very impressed with it. Once we were traveling in Greece, got over to Corinth. Uh, Corinth, you know, is way to the west of Greece, in western Greece. It's on an isthmus, a little arm between two bodies of water. That's why it's there. You can go from one body of water across some land to the other. You can go from Asia to Europe, just transversing that little piece of land. Um, it's not much. Uh, I was fascinated because, you know, I'm going to see the Corinthian Canal. What a disappointment. It isn't much. Even small ships can only go one at a time. They have stoplights on the Corinthian Canal. Because when someone's coming east to west, 
No one can go west to east. You can't pass back and forth, passing one another. It's that small, that narrow. It's a, it's a big ditch. Now, that's why there's Corinth there. Corinth is an interesting town, as are, I would suppose, all three letters to the Corinthian Christians written by Paul. Paul is not in Corinth. In fact, probably in 1 Corinthians, he's never been there. He's heard about them. He knows about them. But he is in Ephesus. If you ever get to go to the Mediterranean and you're visiting Greece or Italy, uh, take a little boat across the Mediterranean and go to what today is Turkey, and you want to go, believe me, you want to go to ancient Ephesus. It's in Turkey. You know, most of the Christian churches, like in Revelation, they're down in Turkey anyhow. Uh, we, th we think very differently today. Turkey, okay, you know, they're probably Muslims, they're probably, you know, Christian churches are all in that area. They're real places. Ephesus is just spectacular. And they haven't even excavated most of it. It's just overwhelming. That's where Paul's at. Now, so you get a perspective. I'm going to teach a little something. I was a frustrated teacher anyhow, I suppose. That's what I really thought I was going to be when pastor said to me, why don't you become a pastor? Because I could memorize catechism. You know, my way from school to church, I read it twice and I knew it. Oh, I wish I could do that today. And after I said no, no way, I didn't tell him I was just going to be a teacher. Sorry about that, all you teachers out there including my wife. Um, and I kept thinking, you know, if I don't make ministry, I, I could always teach. You know, that's who teachers are. If you can't do anything, you can teach. Right? No? Do you teach? <laughs> Actually, I love teaching. So you permit me to do just a little here, okay, in your service today. Um, Corinth itself, even ancient Corinth, was populated by gobs of people. It's a big city. I mean, it was big enough that when we were there, uh, forget I'm telling you this, uh, Phyllis got lost in the museum of ancient Corinth. She was looking at the displays. In the meantime, I was in the city center where Paul preached with the guide. She was not happy in Corinth. She came out, you know, where were you? She was lost from me. But I had gone on with the guide. And it made sense to me. Now, in life, don't tell her I told you this. How are you? I haven't seen you for ages. Who told you you could sit in the front pew? 
Oh, you did. You don't want to miss anything. Well, um, she was not happy that day because she felt I deserted her. And once we got past that, then she joined me. And you can see an ancient church in ancient Corinth. It's impressive. 250,000 people that live in Corinth were free people. And I meant that. Free people, not slaves. Yeah, if you're going to preach, say it, you know. No wonder you're a teacher. You're not used to raising your voice so people can hear you. They were slick. I shouldn't encourage him? Oh. Um, 250,000 people were free people. 400,000 at least were slaves. Got that? Got the proportions? 400,000 slaves, we think. I mean, I can't verify it. I, I, I wasn't there to count. I was out there where Paul was, you know, where he preached. He wasn't there, but it was interesting. And there was a synagogue there. Now, there are, you should see my notes, 12 or 14 temples, synagogues, in Corinth. Impressive, right? Now, I'm going to pause for a minute. What do you know about Corinth? No one? You're all looking somewhere else other than at me because you're afraid I'm going to call on you. I shouldn't make the choir answer. Okay. Are you an architect? Oh. Well, then you're not really an authority on this, are you? <laughs> Corinthian, Doric, yeah, you're right. You're right. Those are types of columns. What? Well, um, every sin known to humankind is in Corinth. Really, it's a very comforting uh, series of letters, even though we don't have the third one, right? Maybe, maybe Paul is nicer in the third one. Maybe that's why we can't find it. Um, there's incestuous relationships going on, and he talks about them in his letter. And there are all kinds of other, you know, prostitution runs rampant. You know why? Not all those people are married. I told you it's on an isthmus, right? At that point, and the canal wasn't there when, in Paul's days. If they were small ships, they came into port on the one side. Well, let's say they came from Asia, okay? Maybe they came from Ephesus. They're on that side, and they want to get over to Rome. That's another body of water in the west. 
they take the ship and drag it across the land because it was not a great distance from one body of water to the other. You ever heard of the Silk Road? Yeah, well, it goes right there. I mean, it's a huge commercial center. So you have to have people, both free and slaves in that area, to keep, you know, follow the money people. You know, it's, this is current day. Just follow the, the money's there. It's got to be happening. So they've got all kinds of sin. So it's a difficult set of the two letters we do have. We don't like to hear bad things, but they have an awful lot of bad in them. Just like Advent Lutheran. What? It's a church, like our church. Now, I'm here because I can't say no to your pastor. I keep him. He's a nice guy. And I don't know Dana much, but I, I you know, she, she told me I could sit on her son's lap here one time because he wanted to sit here in this pew. Does the kids normally sit here? Well, how come you're up here now? Because they're not. That's a good answer. Well, he, I'm trying to get in because Jim was supposed to be elsewhere and that was the time that your organist had a car accident coming to early church, right? So I'm trying to sit here because i got to work. Jim is going to be gone. He just so happened that he was here to run the recording device of some sort that I couldn't... It was a computer. It's... Uh, teacher types can play those c computers, you know. So Dana's walking there, and she said, just sit on his lap, he'll move. And <laughs> so I like them both, and I can't say no to them. Uh, I like Corinth. There's a little bit of Corinth every place I've served. And that's at least three churches, two holy crosses, and one glory a day. So, be that as it may, it's got real problems. So I had problems looking to preach to you today. I took the one positive verse out of the opening of 1 Corinthians 1. Got it? And what did it say? Anyone remember? I thank my God always because of the grace of God given to you through Jesus Christ. I'm thanking God for you always. Then he goes on about all their sins and how they got to straighten some of the stuff out, you know. So I'm, I'm a, he was a visitor to them. He didn't really know them, but he had heard about them. I'm a visitor here. I come to you across the isthmus, it's called... 271 and 91 to the south, right? And so I'm here as a visitor to you. But I, I've been a pastor a few years, and I guess I know enough of, I know too much about people, is what I really know. 
so it's fitting. And I thank God as a visitor in your midst because God has poured his, when everything else is said and done, that you can say and do. I thank God because God has given you his grace through Jesus Christ. And I, I, that's a message um, that we don't hear often enough. Me? Are you, are you talking? Do you know who you're talking to, Pastor Ron? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm talking to me, too. God, through Jesus Christ. And we can talk an awful lot about what he does for us but his grace. And to make sure it's good grace, he takes care of it himself. It's not because I'm so great or you're so great. We're a congregation. We're people. And God, oh, as if being God isn't enough, he becomes one of us through Jesus Christ. If God so loves us that he gives himself for us, will he not give us all good things as well? Despite all the sin we have, despite the company we keep, God keeps company with you and with me. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of time. You call it Advent. You belong here. You fit in with one another because God fits in with us. I thank my God always. I know enough about you. But I guess we need to know more about God. How in the world? How in the world can God so love us? It might be interesting reading to have the third book to the Christians of Corinth. But, you know, we've heard that all before. It's our story. And in truth, we need to be so grateful. Forget about how you're going to repent and you're going to do everything right from here on out. Who said that? It isn't the choir people. Mm -mm. That was a good job filling in like that. But they didn't stick up their hands and say, it's a good thing I'm not back there talking to you, huh? I thank my God always. Man, you don't even have a regular musician. And here your resident pastor and his family, 
They're not here in the front pew. This guy who doesn't know enough to raise his voice so you can hear him, he still thinks he's in a classroom. What did you teach? Engineering and leadership. Oh, see. Shy type, right? Very. <laughs> oh. Are you going to be a teacher when you're double digits and, and some? No? Are you going to be a prophet? Why not? You have a name for one. You know, Pastor Jim won't always be here. We need guys like, like you to become pastors and take our places. How loud can you talk? <laughs> you know what? We wear microphones today. There's technology, and I bet you know technology. Your son? Yeah, see, he's going to understand technology. I have to have people help me put this on, even, um, so you can understand me. But I can't chew gum and preach, too. Oh, it isn't gum, it's cookies? She's feeding her dad. She wants him not to talk to the pastor anymore. Is that okay? I'm not going to call on you anymore, but I'm going to thank God for you. What's that? They have to talk to pastors? Hmm. Yeah, but you know what? You have a piano player substituting for your normal musician who is a pastor. Not bad for picking that up, right? Even as a visitor. When he shook my hand, a nice guy. The point is, God's grace is not only all sufficient. It's yours and it's mine. Because we belong here. Because God cares that we're here. Push it even further. God cares for you. If he would give his son, the only begotten one, for you and for me, will he not give us all good things as well? For those of us who are still slaves to whatever we're slaves to, to those of us who think we're free persons. I'm telling you, you are free. Free to be God's own now and eternally. Boy, thank God for 1 Corinthians 4. Amen. Gee, I didn't say half of that. <laughs>